Hey, I'm Steve Gabriel, and I'm thrilled that we have this time together. I pray that God would help you to understand how great He is and how great His plan is for your life. Come on, let's enjoy God together. We're going to dive into the Word together. Steve and I this morning going to do a little bit of tag teaming again with you because we really feel that we want to start a new series with you today, church. We really feel that God impressed this on our hearts. I particularly felt a God nudge about this about a week ago. And uh, we're going to open a concept today called The Gap, The Gap. You know, I've never been aware, I don't know about you, but I've never been more aware of The Gap. We are now being told, all of us, and well instructed in the ways of social distancing. And we know what a two meter gap looks like. I never knew, if I'm honest, what two meters looked like before, but now I have got it down. I am the two meter gap police. I'll be with my kids and like, back off, that's not two meters, that's 1.5 meters. I, I know the distance in my mind, I can see it because I've been so trained to know that there needs to be a gap. And while we are social distancing and creating gaps to protect us from a virus spreading, I just have felt this sense inside my heart that God wants us to talk about and to look for the gaps inside our life that are actually spiritual distancing gaps. And these gaps that are in our life are often hidden. They're often deep down. They're often things that we don't even recognize or see. And they can be far bigger and far wider than two meters. These gaps are the gaps that occur in all of our lives. Gaps of intolerance, gaps of prejudice, gaps of a lack of love for others, gaps of forgiveness in our lives. We all have them. The truth is we all choose sometimes to ignore them. And as we go through the next few weeks of this series called The Gap, what we're asking you to do is to be honest with yourself before God and analyze, are there any areas in my life, God, where I need to close the gap? See, in this gap, the enemy gets busy. In this gap, he gets busy with his own virus, a virus of hatred, a virus of intolerance, a virus that actually pushes us away from our brothers and our sisters. He divides families in this gap. He separates marriages in this gap. He separates us on the basis of our skin color in this gap, just as we have seen the gap that opened up in the news broadcast where we watched the shooting, the tragic shooting of Ahmad Arbery. When we watched that, all of us were horrified, but I hope we watched it and understood that gap of hatred is out there and that gap of hatred keeps taking more and more prisoners. And we as the church have to be those who say, I don't have all the answers, but I'm sure that I'm sure that I know it is upon me and it is upon us all to close any gaps in our lives, in our families, with our children, in our conversations. And this week, maybe you've had some awkward conversations. I know I have good. Because if those conversations are leading us to close some gaps where this virus of hatred or this virus of misunderstanding gets to fester, then we are doing good work, church. And so I don't know what gaps this is going to bring up in your life, in your family, in your home. But our prayer is that together we can see the place of the gap become God's acceleration place. All throughout scripture, we read how God came to close the gap. 
We serve a God who did not want there to be any gap, not a gap between him and us, not a gap between us and our brothers. And the enemy came to try and bring a gap right from the beginning. And God came so that he would close every gap. And then he sent his son who hung on a cross so that the gap could be closed once and for all. And yet we are those that love him and we are those that serving and on our watch, we are aware that there are gaps. So we have work to do. Jesus closed those gaps by going into places that no one else would go. He went and and became known as a friend of sinners. That's how much he closed the gap between those and the ones that the religious people avoided. He would sit and talk with a woman at a well, making everybody look around at what he was doing as he closed a gap between two different races. He actually went and he taught people around when he saw them with the woman that was being stoned. And he looked at all the religious people and he looked at all those that had a stone. And he said, I don't think so. I know she has a gap in her life through her sin. But I know that all you with a stone in your hand also have a gap in your life. He didn't make one gap more evil than the other. He let them all know, I'm going to draw a line. And anyone without a gap, feel free to throw a stone. And everybody went home that day knowing and suddenly being aware of the gap in their life of sin. And so Jesus modeled to us as he went and he went throughout every town and every community where he preached and where he taught. He went and he modeled how it looked to close a gap as he wept with those that wept, as he embraced those that no one else would embrace, as he touched a leper that no one would touch because they'd isolated them because of the disease that was on their skin. Jesus said, let me close the gap. And so church, we want to kind of begin this journey with you and ask you, where are some gaps that you could close from the smallest to the largest, to the thing that's easy to fix, to the thing that's going to take us a while to fix. Let's go on a journey of making sure that these gaps become the place where God accelerates some things in our life. We can turn those God God gaps into a place where he does something that will change our lives for the better. So let's look now at the life of someone that had a few gaps. Thanks, y'all. We're going to look at the life of Jacob and look at three gaps that he had in his, in his life that I think we can all relate to. And the first gap is this, the character gap. What do I mean by character? Character is the moral and mental features that define a person, their attributes, and their qualities. In other words, Character is what you are in the dark. Character is what you are when no one sees you except for God because his eyes are always on us. And often I think character, we think of the kind of person that we would like to be, and yet we know the kind of person that we currently are. So let's look at how can we close that gap. So here's Jacob. I'm going to pick up the story in Genesis chapter 25, verse 24. And this is Jacob's mother, as she is giving birth, when her time came to give birth, sure enough, there were twins in her womb. The first came out reddish, as if snugly wrapped in a hairy blanket. They named him Esau. His brother followed with his fist clutched tight to Esau's heel. They named him Jacob, the heel grasper. That's what the name Jacob meant. It meant he who grasps the heel. And here we have at the outset of Jacob's life, we have a moment 
that unfortunately became a characteristic that defined his entire life. You see, throughout his life, we find Jacob grasping in conflict. We find him grasping, even becoming known as a deceiver, as a striver, as by somebody who was always fighting to get ahead. We see fights with his brother as he became uh, somebody who was always looking for an angle. And there was a moment when Jacob literally stole Esau's birthright over a bowl of stew that he had cooked. And we find this characteristic right through his life as he began again and again and again to try to deceive and to try to get ahead. The this tragic thing about this is that that character gap that he had, rather than other people around him helping Jacob to close the gap, he had people around him that made the gap bigger, like his mother, his pushy mother. His mother who was always like, come on, Jacob, we want you to get ahead and get your birthright blessing and steal it from Esau. And she developed an elaborate plan for Jacob to steal, not just you know, a momentary blessing, but really become the person who would inherit the kingdom, the, the, the finances, and all of the other things that the family had had and steal it from Esau. I mean, how wrong is that? The truth is this. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says this, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Which means we all have the capacity to help develop people for either good or for bad. And here we find Rebecca influencing her son for the bad, which is just tragic. Rather than close a gap, Rebecca lengthened the gap. Rather than help his son be raised in a way that understood integrity, she just made it so much worse and developed an elaborate deception where she took a goat skin and glued it to the back of Jacob's neck and put it on his arms and hands and dressed him in Esau's clothes and then put him in front of her husband. And she helped deceive her husband to make her husband think that Jacob was really Esau. The character gap was tragic. I wonder if you have any character gaps in your life right now. Here's what Proverbs 11:6 says. Good character is the best insurance. In other words, if we have a good character, if we work on our character, we'll have insurance for the future. So rather than Jacob identifying that character gap and working on his integrity, working on his righteousness, it only got worse to the point where his character gap opened up the next gap, which is the relational gap. The relational gap we see because Esau was so angry at Jacob. Genesis 27, 41 says that Esau seethed in anger against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. And when the time of mourning for his father's death was over, he planned to kill his brother Jacob. And at that moment, Rebekah said this to Jacob, flee for your life, get out of here, run to Haran. And so the relational gap, again, instead of it being closed, became so wide open as literally Jacob ran in fear of his brother because of the deception that he had. In other words, he was reaping the fruit of what he had sowed and that gap became huge. The anger gap, the resentment gap, the bitterness gap, the jealousy gap, the envy gap, all of those things developed enmity between two brothers that should have never been. Two brothers. And you know, Jesus talked a lot about how we should be our brother's keeper. Here we find the opposite to it. We find brothers that should have been loving each other, hating each other. And I don't know about you, but I think it's tragic. 
I wonder if there's relational gaps around us right now in our neighborhoods and like Charlotte talked to earlier today, gaps that we should not have in our lives. And that reveals the gap in our heart that we should understand how to make our own heart that sense of place where we can accelerate God's heart and hope for humanity instead of repelling it. So here we find Jacob, Jacob running away from home. And as he runs away from home, he, he starts to work for someone called Laban. And for the first time in his life, he now was on the other side of what it meant to be deceived. He now was working for somebody who was a striver, a grasper, a deceiver. And it's just like God to put Jacob on the receiving end of what he had sown for so many years in his own life. And I wonder what Jacob thought. Because in that moment, he realized the deception that he had, the, the, the hatred, the hurt that he had, he was now having to live through day after day. You know, the truth is that if you've experienced brokenness in your life and you don't find help and healing, then we just lengthen that gap into the next generation. And here we find Jacob, who had been a, a product of a broken relationship and, and living with so much strife in the home, he then recreates relational gaps in his own family. We see it here when, when he starts to build his own family, he marries and at the wedding day, he's deceived by Laban and he starts a relationship, not with Rachel who he loved, but with Rachel's sister. And that developed more relational gaps. Now we have, we have, we have this gap between two sisters that should have not had this gap. And the gap grows between Rachel and Leah. And over time, we see Jacob getting angry with Rachel. And Rachel, she couldn't have children, so she brings in her friend, her maid, Bilhah. And then, and then Jacob sleeps with Bilhah. And then Leah gets more jealous. And then she brings her maid into the situation. And Jacob then sleeps with this girl called Zilpah. And now we see relational dysfunction magnified. And I'm bringing that to you because I don't know about you, but I've seen dysfunction in my own way I was raised, in my own family. When I was raised with two sisters, I saw relational difficulty. And you know, I want to be a gap closer, not somebody that lengthens the gaps. And so for many years of my life, I've been praying, how can I help close relational gaps? And finally, the last gap I want to look at to help us understand this gap is called the time gap. The time gap, here we find Jacob and the season of the gap so long because now he has to work and he has to work hard for 20 years. 20 years he worked for Laban, endured all these relational breakthroughs and dysfunctions. Uh, and, and over that period of time, that time gap, God didn't speak to him through that 20 year period. 20 years without God's presence, 20 years without God's voice during that whole period of time. And the, the, the first time we see God speaking in the time gap is in Genesis chapter 31, verse three, when God says to Jacob, go back home where you were born and I will go with you. In that long period of time, for 20 years, we have no record of God speaking. And now what do we find God doing? God wanting to close the gap. God wanting to close the relational gap. God wanting to close Jacob's character gap. For 20 years, he worked on his character. So each one of these gaps we see in Jacob's life, character, relationships, and time. I wonder if we have an opportunity right now to close some gaps in our life. 
Because if we choose to close those gaps, it means that we'll need to have godly character to do it. We'll need to work on our relationships. And the truth is, if we don't work on those gaps, those gaps will be created longer. They'll sustain long beyond how they could be sustained because you and I have the capacity, we have the opportunities right now to be gap closers in our life. So Shaw's now going to come and help us close some gaps. Thanks, babe. So all of those gaps that Steve just mentioned, I think we all can say yes and amen at some point, if not now in the present. We have those gaps and we can actually fall into those gaps more than once. And so how do we close the gaps? How in the world did Jacob go from where he was to actually where we're going to read in a moment he ends up? How did that gap get closed? Well, I wish I could give you, church, a nice, tidy answer. But what I'm about to say is probably why you don't want to listen to a message like this. Because that gap can only be closed with a wrestle. There was a wrestle that Jacob had to have. And there is a wrestle that you and I have to have. A wrestle with our thinking, a wrestle with the way that we are believing and behaving, a wrestle with some of the things that are deep down inside of us that are wrong. There needs to be a wrestle. You cannot get rid of these roots that are so wrong by not actually going down, digging them up and yanking them out of our lives. It is not something that you can just trim off the top of our life. You have to go deeper with God. And that's why so many of us never actually fully close the gap. We just kind of put something over it and hope nobody sees it until someone actually does something that means they fall into it. I don't want us to cover our gaps. I want us to close our gaps. I used to have a gap in the front of my teeth. And I tell you, that gap was not closed by me just hoping or willing. It was closed by someone wiring my mouth together. And that wire applied a pressure and the pressure began to move some things that needed moving and the gap began to get smaller. It's the pressure right now that we're going to embrace all of us that actually is going to mean some gaps get closed. And so let's look at the wrestle because that's where this gap got closed. I'm going to read this part to you and then draw out three things that I believe in this wrestle God is after. So in uh, uh, Genesis 32, verse 24, it says, So Jacob was left alone. A man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. And then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go until you bless me. And the man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. And then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and you have overcome. And so I want you to see in this incredible encounter, in this wrestle that happens between Jacob and God, there are some things that God is going to do in his life. And I'm letting you know, church, that when we embrace the wrestle, God will also do the same things in our life. The first thing that this wrestle is about for us to close the gap is it's all about you intensifying your grip on God. 
You close the gap, church, by intensifying your grip on God. When he was in that wrestle, it says that he would not let go of God. He grabbed a hold of him in that wrestle. And I don't know if you've ever wrestled with your kids or wrestled with someone, but I'm telling you, when you wrestle, you can't wrestle with something in your hand over here. You've got to fully get engaged. If you want to actually do well in the wrestle, you can't be having a cup of coffee in one hand while you wrestle the child in the other. Certainly not if it's my 14 year old son. There's no way you'd come out of that well. And so a wrestle involves us getting a grip on the thing that we need to actually have this struggle with. And actually in this season of closing gaps, God's saying, I need you to go in the ring. I need you to get a grip on me. I need you to grip onto my word, not people's opinions that have caused that gap, not what things have been done in your past that created that gap. Some of you got to let go of that person that hurt you, like Steve said, because you can't close a relational gap while you're hanging on to that issue. You got to get a grip on God. You can't close the gap of wrong thinking while you're still holding on to your belief system. You got to grab a hold of God's word and get a grip on God. The wrestle in the gap is all about closing the gap by intensifying your grip on God. And that's what we pray you embrace as you seek to close some gaps. The second thing that happens in the wrestle for Jacob, and I have to let you know, sorry, some more bad news, it will happen in your wrestle too. Something is getting dislocated. Yes, it is. I know it's all good news today, but something is getting dislocated. It says in that wrestle that God touched the socket of his hip and it came disjointed. It came out of the socket and it tells us that from that day forward, Jacob walked differently. There is a dislocation that needs to happen in all of our lives so that we can learn to walk in one another's shoes. There is some pride that has to be dislocated. There are some wrong thinkings that have to be dislocated. There are some wrong confessions that have to be dislocated because God is calling us to have empathy and compassion for our brothers and sisters, for our family, for our loved ones, for a stranger, for our enemies. And in order to do that, there are some things in our lives that have to get dislocated. It says in Ezekiel 36, remove this heart of stone that's in me and put in it a heart of flesh. There are some things that have to be taken out so some other things can be placed within us. There is a dislocation coming your way if you want to close the gap. And that's a good thing, church. Um, You know, have you ever sat with someone, maybe you've been grieving and you've sat with someone and they've just in that moment, moment that you're grieving there's just a way that they talk with you and communicate with and and you just feel like they know exactly what you're going through they understand they listen differently than other people have they they hear you differently why is that because in that person's journey at some point they went through a moment like you went through and something inside them got dislocated it got a little broken it got a little removed out of place and God uses those moments to build in us an empathy for one another so that we can walk in other people's shoes just like Jesus did. So the dislocation will be part 
of your restoration because it was for Jacob. He didn't walk proud like he did before. He didn't walk with swagger and arrogance like he did before. His dislocation changed his posture when he was about to enter his future. And finally, that wrestle was about redefining the ring that actually was supposed to be in. The fight is not in the ring that so many of us are in. The fight is not against that person. The fight is not about that person that hurt us. The fight, the Bible tells us, is not about flesh and blood. And God needed to get Jacob out of the wrong fighting ring and into the right ring. He needed to fight the right things. It tells us in Ephesians 6 verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Church, we want to wake you up today. There is a fight you should be in, but while you are identifying with the wrong things, you will be fighting in the wrong ring. And God in the wrestle asked a question and God in our wrestle in order to close the gap is going to ask us some awkward questions. There's just some awkward questions you have to ask if you want to close the gap. And he said to Jacob, he said, what is your name? Not because God didn't know his name. He did know his name. But you know, the last time when he was supposed to give his name was when he lied about his name. The last time when somebody said, what is your name? When, when, when his father was reaching out to bless him, he said, it's Esau. I'm Esau. And he lied about who he was. And God's like, that's not who you're going to be. That's not going to be the the wrestle that you are in. That's not going to be the fight and the ring that you are in. And so God said, I'm changing your name, which is all about, like Steve said, the one that grasps, the one that strives, the one that fights for first. He actually has even that definition in his name. And I'm actually changing your name to Israel because Israel, it still has a fight in it. Israel still has a struggle in it. But Israel means my struggle is with God, not against God, with God. God wanted him to move his fight from all of that stuff in his family, in his relationships and fight with God. And this needs to be a time when we close our gaps because we allow God to wrestle some things out of us, ask us some difficult questions and get ourselves in the right fight. I want to close by letting you know how God accelerated something in that place. In that wrestle, something beautiful was accelerated, a healing, a breakthrough that no one actually could have believed would happen in the way it did. Because after that wrestle, he immediately is sent to see his brother Esau. And you just heard what he did to Esau. You just heard of the time gap and the relational gap and the character gap. And so all those things you could think would happen by first seeing that brother again that you hurt so badly. All the things that could happen did not happen. Why? Because he did the wrestle. And in the wrestle, it became God's acceleration place and the gap was closed. Genesis 33, right after that wrestle, walking with his limp, he sees Esau and it says this, when he saw Esau, verse 4, as soon as Esau saw him, he ran to meet Jacob and he embraced him and he threw his arms around him and his neck and he kissed him and they wept. Church, this picture is what I am praying over all of our lives. Hey, thank you so much for watching. We pray to God that you've been impacted by how great God's Word is, by how great God's plan is for your life. But I do want to say, if you need prayer for anything, then drop us a line, drop us an email. We would love to hear from you so that we can pray for you 
and just continue on this journey of building life together. Have a great week, month, year ahead.